today on 2C Fans. Yeah, so after I was an intern here and I, then I went back to school, I finished my degree and I went to graduate school and that's where I studied alligators. Oh, wow. Um, which, you know, anything reptile is a-okay with me. Um, what is it about the reptiles? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, she likes the uh, scaly critters. <laughs> yeah, hmm. they have some really, really interesting um, physiological aspects that are really different from a lot of things that mammals do. Hello and welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. I'm Haley Rutger. And I am Joe Nicholson. And we're here with Melissa Bernhard from our Sea Turtle Conservation and Research Program. Hey, Melissa. Hey. Hey. Welcome, welcome. We love uh, talking about turtles, and we haven't got the chance as much on our podcast yet. No, so. no, just one turtle person so far, but she wasn't really turtle. Not all turtles. turtles. So yeah, you guys are all turtles all the time. All turtles all the time. Twenty four seven, as the young kids say. Twenty four seven turtles. Are the young kids still say that, Melissa, or what do they say? I don't now? know that I qualify as a young kid anymore, oh, oh, okay. so I'm not sure. God, you know, no, unless old guys, we don't know what. We I think usually we're rely good. on our interns to, to tell me what's up, and we don't have them this time of year, so. Okay, then. <laughs> so we all get to be old today. Yep. Um, so what's <laughs> what would you say is your, your title, your job, what do you do? I am a senior biologist in the Sea Turtle Conservation and Research Program. Um, my position is to head up the conservation side of that program. And that's like where we monitor all the nesting on like lots of local beaches. Yeah, we cover 35 miles, so it's it's a lot of beaches. It's a lot of beaches. <laughs> and where? you just you and you just took on that sort of role of heading all that up, right? Yeah. So um, go. This will be my first season as the head, but I've been with the program for a number of years. Where did you go to school, Melissa? Where? Uh, well, before that, where do you hail from? I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, um, cool! Very nice town. Yeah, and in high school I moved to Pennsylvania. I went to uh, college in Pennsylvania where I got my degree in marine science. Um, and then I, while I was there, I was actually an intern here at Moat for one of the summers. Um, and that's how I got involved in the sea turtle program. Did you kind of come into that particular internship by chance or were you drawn to that, that specialty? Um, I've sort of always been known in my family as like a turtle person. Okay. Um, what does that mean? So you not a, like not tuck a your head turtle. in, you <laughs> yeah. turtle a lot. I get scared and curl <laughs> up in my shell. No, um, I just always was drawn to them. I never really cared much about the the marine mammal aspect that a lot of people are drawn to yeah, yeah. in marine biology. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do not marine mammals, and so the next <laughs> charismatic animal <laughs> within that group, I was like, sounds great. Hmm, sea um, snakes. <laughs> okay, they sound good. So, yeah, so I've always liked turtles of all kinds. Um, so when I got to the point where I actually was able to start doing things, that's what I focused on trying to get involved in sea turtles and uh in general maybe reptiles i remember asking you an alligator question once i think yeah so after i was an intern here and i then i went back to school i finished my degree and i went to graduate school and that's where i studied alligators oh wow um which you know anything reptile is a-okay with me um what is it about the reptiles? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, she likes the uh, scaly critters. Yeah, hmm. they have some really, really interesting um, physiological aspects that are really different from a lot of things that mammals do. Well, yeah, that they're people are ectothermic, with. correct? Yeah, they're ectothermic, and Ha-ha, they don't cool. have uh, sex chromosomes, so Whoa. they 
depend on the environment to um, <laughs> to determine whether or not they're going to be male or female. And not all reptiles do that. Like some of them have chromosomes, some of them don't. But all the ones that interest me seem to not have them. That all, that, <laughs> but that always interests me. How, do, how does the temperature determine huh. their sex? Yeah, I don't know. There's some link that's really people are still trying to figure out what links temperature to the gene expression during development to induce, you know, male, male or female, female development. Um, Cause there's a lot of steps that are known, but the one that links them isn't. And I got to throw in for anybody who doesn't remember what the sex chromosomes are in a human. That's our X and our Y. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, the male has an X and a Y and the female has two X's. Yeah. Unless it's some really unusual case or disorder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, genetically normal male and female or like that cool but yeah so sea turtles don't have sex chromosomes and alligators and uh, all crocodilians don't have sex chromosomes either it's all temperature it's all temperature dependent but they're different mechanisms in the different groups of animals joe do you know the catchphrase for remembering which way the sea turtles will go uh it's funny it's kind of funny funny um funny haha or funny strange funny silly (laughs) yeah yeah no i do not okay tell me if i get this right i think it's hot mama's cool daddies yeah but it's not necessarily true for other reptiles no it's not necessarily true like alligators for example have the opposite pattern where cooler temperatures yield females and warmer temperatures are males um no hot so it's really cool to try to understand how temperature plays a role and then to try to figure out, well, how does it play a different role? It's very similarly, but actually quite the opposite. Yeah, that's so, nuts. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm, I think I'm more drawn to those animals because they've got cool things that we can't... Weird things that we don't <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. Yeah. So what kind of, uh, of cool things do you get to experience with them as, you know, the one of our head conservation person on this, like, local stretch of beaches? Like, what kind of stuff is the program doing? Stuff. 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 What kind of <laughs> We're doing stuff. It's we're very sticking, sophisticated. We're sticking stakes in Yeah, the we do a lot of stuff. Um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good starting point. Yeah. Um, so our main goal is to document and collect data on every single turtle activity that occurs on those 35 miles. Um, so we have a data set that goes all the way back into the 80s. This will be our 37th year. Which is crazy. It is crazy. That's a huge. <laughs> that's a huge. Record. It's a huge data set, and, yeah. and we're trying to to work on making it more easy to use some of the old data now too. Yeah. Um, and it's a consistent data set. It's is consistent. What is yes. like phenomenal. So I mean, there are different aspects of it that have changed and morphed over the years, obviously, but we know nesting numbers at least and some other basic info that goes all the way back which is crazy you'll see my initials or my name on some of those old ones from the yeah. early 90s you Perfect. volunteered huh? I, I was a turtle tagger oh. on casey key awesome yeah. wait yeah. before we get to the tagging part which is one of my favorite parts <laughs> i just wanted to say what's our uh what's our monitoring area and how does it fit into sort of the picture of how turtles are monitored around florida because we got 35 miles Right. What what are what are those miles covering? <laughs> so the miles are broken up over five different islands. Um, we cover Longboat Key, Lido Key, Siesta Key, Casey Key, and Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pretty much uh, walk every single stretch. Not me personally, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> every single stretch of those. Ladies and gentlemen, miles. you cannot see her, but she is quite fit. <laughs> 
Um, and so we have a huge group of people that go out at sunrise every day during turtle season, and we cover seven days a week for six months a year, every stretch of that beach, looking right. for new activities and checking on nests that are there. How do you get so many people to get up that early? <laughs> yeah, It's crazy. We actually like are beating people away, not literally, but like, <laughs> of wow. course. like, like no, we don't no, need more. <laughs> They're like, hey, can I advertise, uh, you know, to volunteer with this program at, okay. at my, you know, PTA meeting. I'm like, you can, but we've already got a waiting list for 2019 started at this point. Oh my that's goodness. Incredible. So for whatever reason, people love getting up that early. It's, it's just great. to go walk a mile on the beach and, and work with turtles. I mean, it does help that they're charismatic and everyone wants to save a turtle. Yeah. Turtles are fun. They're a lot more exciting to most people than plankton or plants or yes. any <clears throat> invertebrate. Especially the plankton. <laughs> hey hey you know plank plankton's plankton, important plankton's important and it's plankton kind of cute important. but it's, it, it's without not... the plankton the turtles don't have their food in the food web plankton's exactly. gotta start everything and so <clears throat> so yeah. there joe so there joe thank yeah. you that's what i was waiting for <laughs> that's what i meant to say <laughs> but that's really cool that you get so much uh so much love for these guys but people have to be dedicated and consistent and, and yeah what do they have to learn and how do they get sort of permission to do this job like how do they get trained that's a great question um so to sort of step back i just wanted to emphasize we have about 300 volunteers that work with us um so it's a big undertaking to train all 300 every year because things change every year um, we are operating under permits that are issued by the state so a lot of what we do is actually dictated by what we have to do in order to collect the data to re report it the way that we have to um, so every volunteer is required to attend training in the spring before turtle season starts so we can say okay here's the updates to what you need to do um, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing uh, and then they pretty much have to commit to at least once a week, six months of the year, to walk one of our zones. That's May through October, right? It's May through October, although we start in mm -hmm. April. So that's, yeah, nesting season starts May 1st around here, but they could start nesting in late April. Yeah, we've mm -hmm. started patrols on April 15th mm -hmm. the past couple of years because of that. What are the turtles doing when they're um, crawling ashore to nest? What are the things that you're looking for, and what's the process that a turtle goes through? I know what they do. Shh. Okay, <laughs> okay, you tell us what they do. They, they nest. Us. Yeah, they nest. What sometimes. Well, sometimes they false crawl. That's true. And you can see it's like a giant you know, U-turn. What do those two things mean? A false crawl? And, a, and, and what's nesting? Well, <clears throat> a, a female loggerhead sea turtle will exit the water, crawling up the beach to a spot chosen by herself randomly, as far as I can randomly. tell. Randomly? As far as I can tell. We don't know that. Well, we don't know that they're exactly looking for this soft little they piece of need dainty sand. Conditions. Anyway, they'll dig. A, <laughs> uh, they'll first make a, a pit with their body, and then start to uh, dig a hole with their their rear flippers. Okay. And um, once the hole is deep enough, again, randomly deep enough, <laughs> as, as far as their flippers can We're reach, laughing, I guess. We're because that's probably not right. And, and, and then she will proceed to. Uh, lay her eggs and it's and it's really kind of cute because as they lay their eggs their back flippers kind of curl up and go like joe okay, that's <laughs> actually true yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay so melissa wait what parts of that were dead wrong <laughs> so most of what you said it was correct Good. Um, the random i'm not so sure on because we don't really know what causes them to choose spots necessarily. that's what i'm saying there it's are random. factors that they're looking for obviously well sand unknown is different than <laughs> random 
Oh, sorry. Sand, yes. They're looking for sand. sand. Although they will nest in backyards. Like, we've seen it in dirt and that sort of thing. Uh-uh. Um, but, yeah, so they pick their spot. They dig their body pit for themselves, and then they dig with their back flippers. And it does seem like they dig as deep as they can reach. Um, and then they lay their eggs, and they do lift their back flippers up when they have contractions. They so curl. It's really they funny. Curl. <laughs> yeah. They curl up. Yeah. And they lift their head, and yep. then they lift their back flippers, and, and then they drop their bit, eggs. Uh, yeah, as far as a turtle can arch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you, both of you, I'm gathering, have seen this, seen this person. Oh, yeah. When you tag, then <clears throat> once yeah. they've laid their eggs and they start to cover, that's when you can tag them. Mm. And then you climb on their back. No, no. Peel, peel no, one flipper don't. back. <laughs> Put a tag on one flipper. Who? Nobody, nobody climbs on the turtle. I'm kidding. And there's I no climbing. But, I joke. But I joke. that is the best time to, to tag them once they've reach that stage and not just anybody can like walk up to a nesting turtle let's just get that out of the way no, right you, you have to be on and the definitely permit. definitely don't climb on them no no no, no. <laughs> ever. I was, I, I, ever. I, I, ever don't even touch them okay, so for the record it's illegal to harass a turtle in any way on the beach or possess one or any of its parts or its eggs yeah, so, yeah. you know you can't keep any souvenirs and yep. you can't go on the beach and, and bother bother them while yeah. they're nesting they're very sensitive to um, oh, movement spook. and lights and sounds to some degree, um, especially before they've nested when they're looking for a spot or they're doing their digging. They haven't really invested that much yet, so they are not they're bothered not, yeah. by just turning around and leaving. Mm. Um, They'll and, be feet, as it were, or flippers, as it were. And turning around and leaving and not nesting is a false crawl. Correct. So go back to your question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's false a crawl. false crawl. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they get spooked or they just don't like the area. Yeah. Which does happen naturally about half of the time. So um, And and is it true that the same like a turtle can come up and lay a nest, go back into the water and then days or weeks or whatever later come back and lay another nest? Yeah, so within the same season a turtle will lay between three and eight, probably around five or six on average nests Nest? a season. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I knew it, they did they may have come up and done another one, but yeah. that's a lot of eggs. It's a lot of eggs because each nest has about a hundred eggs in it. So yeah, I mean, where do they keep them all? Inside, they they develop or not develop, but they uh, put the shell on them in between, so they're not taking up as much space. Oh, so they're tinier and then yeah, they, they're smaller. It's kind of like they, a conveyor belt of yeah, eggs. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they've got I think a couple clutches inside them at the same time, but the one that's ready to go, they get rid of, and then they spend two weeks getting the next one ready, and then get rid of it. And, not wow. get rid of. See, they are very interesting Blade. animals. They, they are. are. Yeah. Wow. And they do multiple nests because if I remember right when I'm talking to you guys, at least in one idea is that they kind of hedge their bets and some nests might not make it, some might do better. Absolutely. So they hedge their bets by laying multiple nests. They hedge their bets by laying a lot of eggs in a nest. Um, so each season she's going to put out about 500 eggs in the hopes that maybe one of those will actually survive because a nest, the entire nest could get destroyed by a predator or wash out. Um, so laying a, a second nest is helpful for that or a third nest or a fourth nest. Speaking of like predators and, and dangers, um, so sometimes you guys will um, cage the nest and there's sometimes, some that are yeah. called self-releasing or yeah, so. and others are not. So there are, yeah, there are two types of cages. There's self-releasing cages, which allow the hatchlings to crawl out on their own. The holes are big enough um, for the hatchlings to crawl through. And then restraining cages we don't use very often, and more often those are used for, like, research purposes. If you want to um, 
catch, so to speak, all the hatchlings so that you can take measurements or whatever you're going to do before you release them. And you do these, you you do the self-releasing in, or cages, um, in situations where. So it really depends. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty into how well they actually work. And, um, if there are actually potentially harming the turtles that are developing because they're made of metal and they disrupt the magnetic field and turtles use oh, the magnetic yeah, field. That, yeah. So there is some controversy as to whether or not we should be using gauges. So we try to limit their use. The predators can get them, correct? Yeah. So that's the sort of catch twenty two. When I say huh? predators, I don't <laughs> always necessarily mean like wild animals. I mean like somebody's dog who got out and more often, um, it's raccoons. It's, it's and... raccoons is the biggest one. Yeah. Um, there are armadillos in some areas. Um, the most interesting to me is Kate, or what is it? Venice that has a lot of coyotes. And Venice has a lot coyotes, of coyotes. Yeah. And yeah. anybody who's been to Venice in the last year knows that there are a lot of coyotes, and they are not hard to see during the day. Even no. um, they're running around like crazy. So during turtle season, they go all over the beach. Wow. Do you see them on the beach when you're doing, uh, like, tagging patrols at night on, like, say, Casey or? Um, not really. Uh, the, the stretch of Casey Key where we do our tagging is one of the areas that is least affected by predators, at least right now. <laughs> um, so sometimes we'll see, like, a raccoon run across the parking lot because it's down uh, near the jetty. Um, but for the most part, those animals down there haven't figured safe. out that the turtle nests are right there yeah and so you're tagging them we should say why they're you're putting an id tag on their flipper to make sure you know who is who yeah so we um put two different kinds of tags on turtles we put microchips in their flippers which right. are like the same thing called a pit tag it's right? called a pit tag yeah passive integrative transponder um it is basically the same thing you have in your cat or your dog um, where it's really useful, but you have to see the animal to rescan it, to record it. Does it have data on it about the turtle or just sort of an identifier? It's just an ID number. Okay. So it's a, I think it's a 15 or so digit long number. And um, it's, it's a out. scientific uh, identifier. It's not like this turtle is fluffy. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. no, it's like nine zero zero two four six nine seven. Yeah. Right. And so we link that to each turtle also has a turtle number um, yes. because they do go through multiple tags. But in addition to the pit tag, they also get, um, if we have time, flipper tags, which are like little armpit earrings, I guess, for yeah, the that's turtles. A, yeah, that's a good, good description. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really hurt them. It's like the same thing that like cattle have in their ears. You know, there's the little metal clip that has a number on it as well. Cool. Yep. Is there anything that you can tell us numbers-wise about how much tagging you've done or the individuals you tagged? Do you remember any stats or anything? So this last year, which we do tagging for June and July only, because that's the time, a little bit of May, but mostly June and July. But that's the time when the most turtles are out there, so we get the most bang for our buck to be out there looking for turtles. Yeah. Um, and so in the 10 weeks we tagged last year, we saw almost 600 uh, <sighs> turtles, or, or 600 encounters. Yeah. Um, we saw the same turtle multiple times. Um, I believe that number was around 300 different individual turtles were seen. Wow. Um, and of those, most of them were brand new, never before tagged. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that means, you know, ones that were hatched from that beach are coming back. 
Maybe. Yeah, yeah, or they're coming from somewhere yeah. <laughs> and well, it doesn't yeah. have a tagging program, yeah. possibly. Yeah. But yeah, so we do get some overlap. We see turtles that were originally tagged on Minnesota Key or even up in the Panhandle, or sometimes we get some from the East Coast. Um, but there's a statewide database where if a turtle comes up and has a tag and we don't know if it's not one of our tags, we can say, where did this guy come from or this girl? Where did she how, come from? How old does a turtle have to be before it can come up and lay eggs? So they usually mature between 25 and 30 years. And this program's been around for how long? 36 years. So potentially, so, ones yeah. that you've been monitoring have yeah. hatched out, gone out there, gone grown out, up, grown up, and now come back another land. Yeah, and that's part of why um, we think our numbers are going up too, because they've just started going up about 30 years after the conservation the effort programs. kicked in. Yep. Wow. Did a lot of, pro- maybe, I don't know if you know this part, but did a lot of programs around the state, um, did they start as early as us? I don't know. There are a lot of, I don't know, like the details of when and where and not everywhere in the whole state, but there are, that was the time when the Endangered Species Act went into play. Mm-hmm. And so that's when a lot of these types of groups began. Um, and so a lot of them are mo- purely conservation. They don't do a lot of science associated with it. Um but I think Moat was one of the first science organizations right. to, on this coast at least, to start the, uh, the, t- the tagging and monitoring of the, uh, of the, the, the beaches. I know we're, we're a veteran, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember doing it with um, uh, uh, Jaris Foote. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard the name. Yeah, but I know Jaris, actually. And she's yeah. a wonderful lady. So wait, yeah, and we talked about a, a, a nice trend that you've been seeing so far. So what are the species we look at and which species are doing what in the, the trends? <laughs> That's great. So um, we see three, well, mostly two different species here. Um, the one that is by far the number one in our area is the loggerhead turtle. Um, Florida is one of the most important nesting grounds for the loggerhead sea turtle. Um, we're worldwide, e- Worldwide. Right? We're either yeah. number one or number two as a, like the state as a whole. Very cool. Um, and on the west coast of Florida, there is less nesting, but um, we in Sarasota County have the highest density of nesting in the Gulf Coast. Oh. Um, but so we see lots and lots and lots of loggerheads. Uh, more than 99% of our nesting is done by loggerhead turtles. Um, and their numbers have been growing exponentially in the last 10 years. Um, we've doubled <laughs> twice in the last six years. Mm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's a little overwhelming. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You have too many turtles to count. No, never too many turtles. (laughs) Just not enough manpower. Exactly. We need more humans (laughs) to handle this, these turtles. Yeah. Um, but so then in addition to the loggerhead, we also see green turtles, um, which are much more common on the East coast. Uh, but we do see them here every year. Um, this past year was our record with green turtles, and we had 79 nests. So I remember other years where they were, like, less than 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it was a real oddity and, like, a, a, something fantastic in the uh, mid-'90s if we ever saw a green turtle. It was like, wow, green turtle, everybody, let's go. Yeah, so... Um, Last year we had 79, the year before we had 10, um, but that yeah. has to do with the way the green turtles nest. They nest in this zigzag pattern with an up year and then a down year and then an up year and then a down year. So each up year for the, the last 
little bit has been higher than the previous up year and each down year has been higher than the previous down year. So it seems like those numbers are going up as well. But yeah. it's a little harder to extrapolate what that means for the population. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah. That's 79 is amazing. And then our, our rarest uh, turtle, and I got to say the other two, we know they nest at night, but there's a daytime nester. Yeah. Which one's that? Our rarest. All right, so the rarest turtle of all, um, <laughs> not just here, but anywhere is the the Kemp's Ridley which it the cool thing about the Kemp's Ridley is on the coast of Mexico and um, it also nests in Texas but not it doesn't do the same pattern but on the coast of Mexico it comes up in an arabata which is a huge arrival of all the turtles all at once it's arabata a-r-r-i-b-a-d-a a-d-a arabata Arribada. It's mm-hmm. Spanish for to arrive or the arrival or something about all the turtles are finally here. Hmm. They're here. You They're know here. it. <laughs> They're here and watch out. Cause Can't miss it. <laughs> 40,000 of them will all come wow. up at the same time. I don't think, I don't know if that number is, that's, is yeah, accurate, but, but it's, it's tens of thousands lots, yeah. of yeah. the same species all coming up to nest over about three days. Wow. Um, so the Kemp's Ridley does that in the Gulf in Mexico, and the Olive Ridley does that too, actually. But it's not in our waters. It's have you seen the little Kemp's? We have the cold stunned ones in the hospital. We took some in to take care of them, yeah. 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 But yeah, so here we just get like one one or two yeah. maybe a yeah, year. Yeah, so we'll get a solitary Kemp's every couple years. Um I don't know if they don't like me or what the issue is, but <laughs> every year that I've been here um, has been a year that we haven't had a Kemp's. So and go then, away. And then the years <laughs> that I was no, away, no, <laughs> the years I was away in grad school, there were like two or one or something like that. I'm sure like, oh. you'll get your chance. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay. Um, the minute the minute we hear a daytime turtle, we're going to call you personally. <laughs> yeah, we all rush out to it. Yeah. We make sure it's actually a, a sea turtle. Um, because first. you probably get some calls about land oh, turtles and my. tortoises. Yeah, we do. there's a turtle yeah. crawling across the road. It's got to go back into the sea. There's a turtle and in the dunes. And it's a gopher tor- tortoise, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. We'll, we'll call him back and say, okay, what's the turtle doing? Oh, it's eating cactus. All right, I'm going to turn <laughs> around. I don't need to come out. Yeah. <laughs> this is a strange so, sea turtle. <laughs> so, yeah, we try to spread the word about the difference between turtles and uh tortoises. You, tortoises. Well, what are they? If somebody out there isn't sure, what would be right. the key difference? Uh, Flippers and feet? So, yeah, that's one of the easiest ones. If it's an adult, you can go by size. Mm. Because an adult sea turtle is way bigger than an adult any other kind of turtle. Yeah, we're talking a couple hundred pounds. A couple hundred pounds. um, Even loggerheads, which are on the small end of sea turtles, (laughs) are about 200 pounds. Um, Kemp's are the smallest. They're about 100 pounds. But um, they're even bigger than the largest turtles that we have here at least we don't have any galapagos tortoises um so you don't have to worry about that (laughs) (laughs) Um, and i've been fortunate enough we had a a leatherback come into the uh, sea turtle hospital number of years ago and i could not believe the size of these animals yeah we don't see them here we had one leatherback nest in 2001 but that was the only one that we've ever recorded huge animals yeah are they the largest species of sea turtle they are they're the largest um i remember by a lot i remember ours in the hospital was 700 some pounds it was ginormous i could not believe the size of that thing yeah i thought it was like like a vw bus long (laughs) they're crazy big but so Um, we've got if you see a turtle and it's like it looks like it could be a couple hundred pounds it looks like a big you know bigger than like a big pillow it's huge (laughs) yeah um (laughs) yes bigger than a turtle you think you have ever seen yeah um what else like if you see a hatchling though they're going to be the same size as a land turtle hatchling 
So the next thing is the feet. Mm. Um, if their feet look like they can swim with them, like big paddles, like an oar or something, that's a sea turtle. If they have claws or little elephant feet, yeah, um, that's stumps. either a pond turtle or a tortoise. Mm. Stumps are tor- tortoises. Stumps are tortoises. They don't really ever swim. But and if they pull their head into their shell, they are not a sea turtle. Correct. Kind of like Melissa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pull your head in. <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you pick up the turtle and it pulls its head in, it's not a sea turtle Mm. Um, or if you walk near it because you shouldn't be picking it up but if you just walk near it and it pulls its head in it's not a sea turtle and well it may need help i'm not the one to call yeah (laughs) with a stick so if it is a sea turtle if it's either really big or it's got flippers how do you know if it's if it's doing okay if it needs help or just to leave it alone ask it no (laughs) If that, hey, if, how I you doing, turtle? Wish it were so easy. <laughs> Hello, turtle. No, I don't think you want to come up and make noise at the turtle. Yeah. No? I don't think so. I don't think it'll respond anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, well, if you see a turtle it's at night and it's just on the beach, chances are it's just nesting. Um, the best thing to do is give it its space and let it go. If it looks like it's stuck in something or whatever, you can call the stranding program and they'll potentially be able to help. Yeah, that's um, it. At Mo, we've given that out before, but it's uh, 941-988-0212, our stranding program. Yep. Um, if it's during the day, take a picture of it because it might be a Kemp's and we want to document those photographically mm-hmm. um, without a flash, even if it's during the day. Um, but they do kind of rock around a little bit when they're nesting. They sort of stand still and move a little, like, slightly. So some people do think they look like they're in distress when they're oh. nesting. Um, no, uh <laughs> They just dropping some eggs. <laughs> but they're just dropping eggs, exactly. Um, if it's a hatchling, we get a lot of uh, calls about hatchlings being found in swimming pools or in parking lots. And those obviously are heading the wrong way and need a little bit of help. So you, we want people to call us um, so we can talk them through how to handle it to get them into a bucket or something um, to hold them until we can pick them up or get them to drop it off. If it's a hatchling crawling the correct lo- direction, if it's going towards the water and it looks like it's going to make it there on its own, just let it crawl. They need to crawl in the sand some. They don't need help. Even if there's a little footprint and looks like they're getting stuck in the footprint, they'll crawl over it and they can keep going. But um, what are the, some of the things that, you know, why do they end up in a swimming pool? I think our locals probably know the answer, but for anyone who doesn't, why would they end up in the wrong place? Uh, the most common reason a turtle ends up in the wrong place is because there's a light on in that direction or at that location. And they like to go toward lights. Yes, yeah, so they use light to navigate back to the water. Mm-hmm. Um, the females use it to find the water at the end and the uh, at the end of nesting and the hatchlings use it to find the water the first time they emerge from the nest is there any um yeah is there any and last thing here is there anything that people can do to either um cut down on the the light problem or other problems any what are the key tips the i mean the best thing that you can do is to leave the beach as natural as you can um Turn off any lights if you have any beachfront property. Turn off your lights. Take your beach furniture with you off the beach. If you built a big sandcastle, mm-hmm. have fun. Knock it down when you leave. The most fun thing to do is to knock yeah, down a sandcastle. Yeah, be Godzilla. Chomp, <laughs> be Godzilla. Chomp, just chomp. stomp it down because the 
females might not have a big issue with it, but the hatchlings have huge problems with big That is mouths. a real, oh, yeah. real castle to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's a real it castle. Totally or is. if you dug a big hole, fill that hole back in. Yeah. Um, they can't climb out. So they it. don't get stuck yeah. in, in there. It's a in canyon the to those little guys. Um, well, and take any trash with you. Well, yeah. We could talk about turtles all day. I agree. Because I love talking about turtles. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah. But <laughs> unfortunately, our podcasts are only about a half hour long. Alas. 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 We'll have to have another turtle talk sometime soon. But before we wrap up, I just want to say... Um, we have our annual run for the turtles coming up this spring, so yes. go to moat.org slash run and get all the information April on that. 7th. April 7th. April 7th. Siesta Key Public Beach. Be there or don't be a turtle. What? I don't know. Anyway, run a 5K for sea turtles. It benefits. We also have a one-mile fun run. And a one-mile so. if, you, if, you, if you're a little bit um, more chill. Come out, wanna... <laughs> support the turtles, have a good fun, family fun time. Because that run is in its, like, 32nd year now? Yeah, this will be the 32nd year. 32nd year of doing the Run for the Turtles. Mm -hmm. So be there, please. Yeah, that's that's about it. (laughs) All right, right. so, well, with that then, Haley. Yeah, um, we've had a great time with you. Thank you very much, Melissa. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And like I said, we could probably talk about turtles for hours. But we (laughs) must go. So with that, I will say to you, Haley... We will see you in two weeks for another episode of 2C Fans at Moat.